Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is a Manhattan-bound B Express train. The next stop is Grand Street. Mind the gap. Welcome to a special bonus edition of uh, Skyline's Systematic Podcast, in which basically, if you're if you're not interested in the niceties of, of London transport or British politics more generally, it's okay. You can skip this one; we won't mind. But since we just had a mayoral election here in London, as well as in other British city, cities like Bristol and Liverpool. We thought it would be a good idea to talk about uh, what that means. For this special episode, we're joined by our colleague from the New Statesman Politics team, Stephen Bush. Hello. So, Stephen, I, I suppose the first question is, you know, Sadiq Khan has just won the, the, the London mayoralty pretty convincingly. What do you think that, that means for British politics, first of all? That's... I mean, I think for British politics, uh, from a in terms of the battle between the two parties, probably not all that much. The governing party has won the mayoral election just one time out of four uh, when Ken Livingstone was the Labour candidate in 2004. And you can argue about the extent to which Ken Livingstone really counted as a representative of Tony Blair's new Labour in 2004. T- Tony Blair doesn't have the same Hitler obsession, it must uh, be said. Um, and so in from that light... Probably not all that much. However, in terms of the symbolism of electing a liberal Muslim mayor, uh, the fact that, uh, yes, Labour has been in government and doing a lot of fairly interesting things in the Assembly in Wales, but in terms of the bit of government which attracts uh, media attention and global attention, Labour does now have this massive pulpit to test out um, where it is. And unlike last time when they were competing with the government, they can now hire literally the best wonks on the left and centre-left. Mm. The thing that impresses me about the result was just the the thing you alluded to, the fact that London has just elected a Liberal Muslim as mayor. And, you know, there was a moment of immense pride in in the city i found that you know this is this is being reported all over the world it's like you know this is this is a major global news story i mean barbara what did you make of that yeah i think well it's a classic british and possibly london thing as well that i think people were a bit surprised they were like oh yeah oh something really good has happened we've kind of focused on i think we tend to all focus on the negatives but i was thinking about it and i think it's the first election i voted in where there was any outcome that i was happy about and i was a bit like oh i'm not used to this an immensely depressing thought that is I know. well i haven't voted many times but still yeah this is the first time i voted when the thing i voted for hasn't got a maximum of 32 percent of the vote and it was just so it was waking up the next morning and not having that feeling of oh you probably voted for that yeah that kind of that dread when you've um when you've lost uh, this is making me feel incredibly old because I, I, I voted in the 2001 general election. So, you know, 
I, I, I not only have voted in elections where I got the result I basically wanted, I voted in elections where I got to vote against the people I wanted as a protest, knowing they would still win the election. <laughs> um, but let's, let's, let's move away from the politics. Do you think the symbolism of, of a major Western city having just elected uh, a liberal Muslim is important, Stephen? Yes. I mean, one, there's, uh, I mean, there's the, the phrase that any minority hates hearing about themselves, but there's the fact that it's a massive role model for you know, hundreds and thousands of people. It's a direct, millions of people, it's a, a direct repudiation of uh, the line being uh, forced by, on the one hand, Donald Trump, and on the other hand, ISIS, and that Islam and democracy are incompatible. Um, and also, it's a repudiation of a fairly ugly type of politics, the, the kind of anti-Khan attacks that we saw from the Goldsmith campaign. Hmm. Okay, so I think we're all agreed that, you know, in terms of the, the symbolism, uh, it's a great day for London, you know, we're showing the world, you know, this is, you know, is Islam and then the West are not in opposition, you can have both, isn't it? A glorious day to be a multicultural Western city, the sun came out, he's still quite rubbish on transport policy though, isn't he? And that's, that's the thing I fear that our readers are going to be most interested in, is like, I, I was very enthusiastic to vote for Sadiq Khan as mayor. I wrote as much because because of all this stuff we've just been talking about. But I do have lingering doubts about him a lot, the wonkish stuff. So his biggest policy promise was this fa- uh, freeze in transport fares that is going to put a £2 billion hole in transport for London's budget. And that is going to have a knock-on effect, isn't it? I mean, can we now... St- now, now, we've, now we've done this. Now we have achieved this great thing as a city. Can we start throwing rocks at him again, please? Oh, yeah. I mean... I, I think Sadiq will be uh, a better mayor than than we perhaps quite rightly would fear he would from... I mean, I, I had this thing in the campaign where I would grade leaflets which came through my door with their relevance to the mayor's actual powers. And uh, it basically was only the Lib Dems who ever got into more than three of their pledges on any given card. But Sadiq has this massive advantage. And because Labour's out of power basically everywhere other than Wales, he will be able to hire the best of the best and you sort of hope that that means that his governing agenda will be more um well will be more of an agenda than uh than the fairly thin gruel other than the buses stuff which is is brilliant this kind of that is a good policy the 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 one hour bus ticket so you no longer have to pay for a second bus ticket just because you've switched buses but also him wanting to use cfl land like i'm not convinced especially because he wants to use it to build affordable housing that he'll make tons of money out of that but it's still i mean that does link into transport policy in terms of a way to raise funds for TfL elsewhere rather than taking it out of Londoners' pockets. Do you think he'll stick to these promises that he's made? Because I, I did feel a bit, some points in the campaign, it did feel a bit like free unicorns for all. Yeah, I don't know. I think because Boris didn't get enough stick for his lies about fares, and so maybe Sadiq will think, well, I can get away with it too. But I think to pledge that in light of Boris breaking all his promises and then not to do it would be quite... But I mean, if we've learned anything from the Tory government, it's that U-turning is absolutely fine. So um, I, don't, I don't know if maybe he'll slightly backtrack, but try and keep them low. I mean, I'm completely biased. I don't want my fare to, to, to increase. I, it's already way too much for me. So I kind of think, do I care if they build another line? No. Do I care about it being more expensive for me? Yes. Well, I don't know if a lot of voters are probably in the same position. I mean, I, 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 I walk everywhere and also would really like Crossrail too, so I'm probably on the other side of this one, to be honest. It is I'm sure there's an age divide, to be quite honest. It is interesting, actually, how um, in London politics, Labour and the Conservatives swap the clothes they usually have in national politics. And effectively what you're asking for is a tax cut. And 
Ken and Sadiq have gone into three of the last four mayor elections going, we'll cut your taxes. And the Conservatives have gone, no, no, we've got to invest in public transport. And of course, it is partly about the uh, interests of, of their voters. You know, in, in, in the you know in the ultra lefty bit of Hackney where I live, we don't ha- we've never had tubes. Um, whereas the the one for our bus ticket is absolutely a, a vote for places like where I live. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't really care about things like the Northern Line extension, which are massively important for people who live in Clapham, who non-coincidentally did mostly vote for Boris Johnson or Zach Goldsmith. Are you calling me a Tory? Yeah, I, okay, I, I, I don't, that wasn't what I was intending to do, but I realised that that is in fact That is what, exactly yeah, what you've just done. Yeah. But also, I don't uh, think that's quite correct in that if... I mean, to be fair, what Labour's new promise kind of is now is like, we won't tax the lowest people as much. We can yeah. raise taxes for the richest. The lie of the Tories is they, they claim that neither of those sets of people will have to pay tax, which is kind of ridiculous. But if, for example, you raise the upper bands of council tax, I'd be absolutely fine with that. Mm. Um, I think the, the, the problem with transport is that everybody needs to use it. it. It really is quite a harsh move to increase it by a lot. I'm, I'm going to move the conversation on a bit because we should acknowledge there were other mayoral contests mm-hmm. in Britain, uh, well, in England specifically, over, over the weekend. We've, we've similar results, actually. The other one I think is particularly worth noting is that uh, in Bristol, Labour's Marvin Rees, who is a, another ethnic minority candidate who grew up on a council estate, uh, unseated the existing mayor, George Ferguson, um, who is uh, nominally independent, but he used to be a Lib Dem, so he's still kind of seen that way. Um, Stephen, what do you make of that result? I mean, that was uh, phenomenal, you know, a, a huge landslide. And I think it's partly because... Uh, Bristol, like London, is full of what was it uh, Suzanne Evans said when she was having to explain why UKIP had done badly there in the Europeans. Educated, cultured and young. Uh, the people who in the United States elect Barack Obama. Uh, you know, obviously there aren't as many of those people in Britain, so it's not perhaps a path to national power. But And we saw it in Norwich as well, where Labour wiped out the Greens. Uh, Bristol is one of the places where the type of politics offered by Jeremy Corbyn's Labour Party is very popular and where it can get these massive swings. And it really was a, a phenomenally good result. It did actually put Sadiq's in the shade. It really did. It was like 65-35, wasn't it? Yeah. It was that order of magnitude. OK, but from next year sometime, we're meant to be getting these metro mayors that cover much larger areas... Bristol is going to be part of the West of England one. Mm. Uh, Liverpool, where Joe Anderson's just been re-elected, is going to be part of the Liverpool City Region Metro Mayor. What happens to the existing mayors? Are they just going to sit back and allow these kind of bigger guys to sort of... Are they going to be answerable to them? Do we have any sense of how that relationship is going to work? I I mean, we don't yet, I I think. um, It's odd, sorry, I get distracted because I hear the word Metro Mayor and I want to sing it to the tune of Macho Man. Um... I mean, the interesting thing I think about the West of England one is that there is a Bristol demos, as anyone who's visited or lived there will tell you, there is a sense of being a Bristolian and what it means. There is actually a Merseyside demos, there's a Greater Manchester demos. My fear with the West of England and the Anglia mayor isn't they'll end up like police and crime commissioners. Do people really think of themselves as being from the West of England. I'm not convinced they do. And my instinct is that will mean a lot of authority and the bully pulpit will flow naturally to to mayors like Marvin Rees and away from this notionally more powerful overlord. I can see Barbara nodding enthusiastically during that. Well, this was the whole problem with carving up the country into these chunks anyway, right? So some places have that identity, some places don't. As we know, identity is quite important in terms of mayors because you you have this single figure 
who could wield huge amounts of power if anyone cared about them. But um, I think if, if you don't associate yourself with effectively their job title, then you're not going to be that bothered. I mean, Police and Crime Commission is, is a really good example. I don't think anybody, even people who consider themselves very politically engaged, really gives a toss about their Police and Crime Commissioner, which is a shame, but you can't force that, I don't think. Yeah, and I think Police and Crime Commission is another interesting one because I think there are some parts of the country where, for one reason or another, the mayoral force actually fits to an area that people have a strong geographical tie to and maybe it can work there uh but mostly i think it probably just uh just won't i mean my my other fear with the metro mayors because of the size they're at and obviously there's no real way to get round this is it does kind of help uh to have structures where more than one party can win it's fairly difficult to work out who's going to who can beat the conservatives in this weird Anglian mm. uh, demos or who can beat Labour in, in Merseyside or Greater Manchester um, mm. yeah politic, one party politics does not tend to end well does it but do you mm. think I mean over time could this actually the existence of these metro mayors kind of put a dent in that one party politics because sooner or later one of these regions really wants to throw the incumbent out and it suddenly makes it possible for people in Liverpool to vote Tory again or something. Is that, is that a plausible I, I, th- I think it is plausible. Because one, one of the really interesting things which happened in the 2015 election is places which had some form of devolved institution had larger swings than places which didn't. So in London, uh, Labour won Ilford North, well outside the national swing. Ealing, Central and Acton, well outside the national swing. These were Brentford and Isleworth again, way outside the national swing. In Scotland, obviously, we had these cataclysmic um, changes in, in in politics of the kind that just have never been seen before in, in in the United Kingdom or Scotland, and in Wales too, you had big sw- big un- unforeseen swings against Labour and Gower, Vale of Clude, etc., etc. So I think one there's an aspect of them if you have a uh, to throw my own bias about electoral systems, a more fair electoral system, I think encourages people to think in a perhaps more sensible way about how they vote uh, because people are freed from so-and-so always wins here, so-and-so always loses here uh, and that kind of encourages sort of bigger swings. We see it in Canada where they have a first-past-the-post and then a more equitable electoral system running parallel and Canada has monster swings all the time. So my guess is, is that devolution probably will make Britain a swingier country. Well, there's something to look forward to. Everyone loves a bit of swinging. So Would- I have a question. Thinking about, I mean, we've we've spoken and written a lot about mayors and why they seem to just be a slightly better democratic tool than even an MP, because perhaps because they're directly engaged in systems which they lead and on quite a personal level. This can mean they're rubbish if they're not good at doing it, but it can mean they can make a huge difference. Do you think the bigger size of the area and the system that Metro mayors will be in charge of will dilute that? Do you think, presumably the hope, the whole point of this devolution game is that they're trying to replicate that success but once you make it a bigger area I mean my suspicion is that it comes back to the point Stephen was making about there being a Bristol demos but not a West of England demos I think actually if there's a singular kind of yeah but I I don't mean you can entirely cut that off from the wonkish stuff because I think like one of the reasons there is a greater London demos is because everyone relies on London transport so that means that people in Romford and people in Uxbridge 
do kind of exist as part of the same system. I think in, in the west of England, if they sort of were to put an enormous amount of effort into, into building up a local transport system or something, that probably would help create that demos. But I don't, you can it just... chicken and egg, yeah, it's hard Yeah, to you can't just magic it into existence by setting up a mayoralty. But We'll see. Hmm. Anyway, we will no doubt be coming back to this as the Metro Mayors come forward. Stephen, would you like to sing us out with a rousing chorus of Metro, Metro Mayor? Metro, Metro Mayor. I want to elect a Metro Mayor. Metro, Metro Mayor. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.